This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Community Matters here on 103.7 WEEI. I'm your host, Scott Kredishi. Glad you could join us. Community Matters is the show that comes your way each and every week and keeps you up to date and in touch with many of the great things happening in and around our community here in the state of Rhode Island, also in eastern Connecticut and in southeastern Massachusetts. And that is where our show takes us this week, southeastern Massachusetts in the town of New Bedford. And we are happy to be joined this morning by Jan De Silva, the program manager of the visitor experience and community engagement at the New Bedford Whaling National Historic Park. Uh, Jan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Scott. I'm fine. And first, let me start by thanking you and Laura for having us come back. We did an interview last year and I figured it was time for another one. Well, it's great to talk to you and thank you so much for coming back and being a guest on the show once again. And, you know, we have a lot of things to talk about, February being Black History Month and what you guys are doing in regard to that with some of the events. Next month is Women's History Month. You've got some events with that, winter events at the park. So there's a lot to talk about. But before we do that, Jan, maybe for our new listening audience that wasn't listening when you guys were on the show a year ago, why don't you tell people about the New Bedford Whaling? National Historic Park, where it's located, its hours of operation, and what you're all about. Okay, Scott. New Bedford Whaling National Historical Park is one of about 425 national parks located in the United States and Puerto Rico and Samoa and all, you know, all of the United States territories. Our focus is on the whaling industry. And by that, we mean The industry that developed in Nantucket and moved to New Bedford in 1820, it's about more than whaling. You know, sometimes we get people who are like, oh, my God, you're talking about killing whales. Well, there were a lot of whaling voyages during the 19th century, but there were not always a lot of whales killed. Like, I'm sure it's at the top of your listeners' mind about the whale that they just found off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. Right. And... You know, that wound up being struck by boats and what have you. I mean, for us, whaling was the way to get oil so we could have lamps and light. And baleen, which is the 19th century version of plastic, 
-hmm. It was used in umbrellas. It was used for riding whips. It was used in women's stays. It's what we use until we develop plastics. So they didn't hunt whales for just the oil. It was kind of an all-purpose animal. And I want people to understand that because I know we have people who come to the park and just say, well, you were hunting whales. That's a bad thing. I will say that the whaling hunting changed in the 20th century once it became more mechanized. Once they developed harpoon cannons, which did not happen in the United States, but happened more like in um, Sweden, Finland, and Japan and Russia. Once they developed harpoon cannons, they had a greater accuracy. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine you're on a boat and it's like eight men rowing and one person's the harpooner and they're throwing a harpoon at a whale that weighs how many tons? How accurate are you going to be in your little teeny tiny boat, <laughs> little right. teeny tiny boat to, to actually get this whale and, and, and uh, you know, kill it? So um, I just wanted to remind people about that. Okay. And what we do have is as a national park, we're in downtown New Bedford. We have walking tours, we have events, and we're open Wednesday through Saturday. We're in our winter hours right now. We're open Wednesday through Saturday, 10 to 4. Yeah. We will open back up Wednesday through Sunday after March 31st. Okay. And uh, you have a lot of different events. First of all, I know there's winter events going on at the park. Maybe we can talk about them in a bit. But first things first, February is Black History Month, and you have a lot of interesting events going on this month regarding Black History. Well, we've already had two events. One was a program with Eva Brito, a Cape Verdean artist here in New Bedford. She is a poet, and so she spoke on her work and the community. And then this past Saturday, we had a program with Eden Soares, who's a muralist. He's We have a lot of public art in New Bedford, yep. and he's created a lot of that art. So he came and talked about his process and talked about his artwork. This Saturday on February 17th from 1 to 3 p.m., we're going to have our 1850s ladies, Ruth and Abby. They're going to be talking about crafting and anti-slavery abolitionism. Mm -hmm. During the 19th century, as women in New England were anti-slavery abolitionists, they used their crafting to often make money for the uh, work that was being done in the community to help formerly enslaved people, to help them move from place to place, to help buy them food, clothing, things like that. So they're going to be talking about what crafting did for the abolition movement. Okay. And uh, about the 1850s ladies, I'm sure somebody's like, what do you mean by 1850s ladies? Well, we have... Two of our uh, volunteers, they portray Abby Almy and Ruth Bly. Ruth Bly is based on a live person, a real person. Abby Almy is a composite of people. And they've done a tremendous amount of research about women in the 19th century in New Bedford, what they did, what they didn't do. One of the things you may not know, Scott, is that because men were often at sea, women actually ran a lot of businesses had yeah. their own bank accounts, took care of the home, took care of the children here in New Bedford. It was a little bit different than other parts of the United States. Right. And I also know, just uh, off the top of my head, I know Frederick Douglass, an abolitionist, he uh, spent much time in New Bedford as well, did he not? He did. He actually came to New Bedford in 1838 from Maryland. And we look at it as his first free home. Because once he got to New Bedford, he went to the house of Nathan Johnson. That building still exists. 
and Nathan recommended he change his name from Frederick Johnson to Frederick Douglass. Okay. And then, uh, so you mentioned this Saturday's event, uh, the 1850 Ladies. Uh, Saturday, February 24th, next Saturday, you'll have a screening and discussion of the movie 12 Years a Slave. Yes. And 12 Years a Slave is the actual story of Solomon Northrup, who lived in Saratoga Springs, New York, yep. or near Albany. And he was kidnapped by white men who sold him down south into slavery. So he was enslaved for 12 years. And when he came out, he wrote a book about it. This movie it was done in the 2010s mm-hmm. and it tells his story and it has a lot of stars in it. So uh, the idea is to screen it and then do a discussion about it. It's pretty touch and go. There is some like violence in the movie, but it's good to see, to be able to kind of understand what happened during that time period. Sure. We are talking to Jan De Silva, the program manager of visitor experience and community engagement for the New Bedford Whaling National Historical Park in New Bedford here on Community Matters. Uh, Jan, next month is Women's History Month, and I understand that you'll have some events coinciding with that as well. Yes, that's correct, Scott. We right now know about two events that we're working on. One is March 20th at 6.30. That's a Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m. We're going to have a lecture on Dr. Marie Equi. And Dr. Equi was born in New Bedford, but lived most of her life outside of New Bedford, where she was very active in the workers' movement. She was active in reproductive rights. She was active in the women's voting movement. And because she was born in New Bedford, we, you know, we want to celebrate her and talk about her life in New Bedford. Sure. Sure. How about in terms of are there other winter events going on um, outside of uh, Black History Month and Women's History Month, or do they all kind of coincide? Well, there's one more event I want to talk about, which is a virtual conversation between Maggie Walker National Historical Park and New Bedford Whaling National Historical Park. Maggie Walker is in Richmond uh, and we're in New Bedford. And what we're going to be doing is talking about two African-American women who are very, very entrepreneurial in their way of looking at life. Maggie Walker was a bank president. She was the first African-American woman to be a bank president. And then we'll be talking about Polly Johnson, who was here in New Bedford and was married to Nathan Johnson, owned the house that Frederick Douglass came to. And she was a caterer and did a lot of catering and abolition in the New Bedford community in the 1840s through 70s. And that video tour and interactive tour, is that something people experience in person or online on your website? Well, that's it's going to be a virtual conversation. So via Zoom. Yep. And it's at two o'clock on Saturday, March 30th. So we will have information on our Facebook page. It's uh, New Bedford Whaling NPS, I believe. That's how you can find us. We also have an Instagram page. And we do put all our events up there. And going back to your question about other events, yes, um, we have winter events. But every month, New Bedford does art, history, architecture, also known as AHA. It's done the second Thursday of the month. We have activities here at the park, but it's a downtown New Bedford event where a lot of the galleries and museums are open. People can come in and experience New Bedford for that. Okay. And winter is kind of a down period during this time. But like, as I said, our exhibits are never closed when we're open. People can always come here. The New Bedford Whaling Museum is open. And so um, we also have the Roach Jones Stuff House and Garden Museum. Those are all partners of the park. They're considered satellite units of the park. We don't own them, 
But those are our partners and they help us tell the story of whaling. Once again, Jan De Silva from the New Bedford Whaling National Historic Park is our guest. Jan, the address of the park is 33 William Street in New Bedford. You mentioned that winter hours are in effect right now, so open Wednesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, you also, your website has a lot of information. Is the best thing for people to do to check out information, you know, in terms of the events that are upcoming, to go to the website? And is it nps.gov slash n-e-b-e? That is correct. I will let you in on a little park service kind of, you know, everybody knows how there's government speak and we're all crazy about acronyms, but N-E-B-E is the first two letters of New Bedford, which is our name. And most parks have that. They use the first two letters of each of the first names, like Maggie Walker would be M-A-W-A. Okay. So if you, you want to look up a park and you know the name, now, of course, there are ringers in there because there yep. are some parks that only have one word. Uh, like Yellowstone. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, that's how it works. So, yes, it's that's the correct address. The yeah. other thing we could do is check our Facebook page, but I would definitely go to our website and our Facebook page. Again, that website again, nps.gov slash n-e-b-e. And on Facebook, just put in New Bedford Whaling and they'll find it? Yeah, uh, New Bedford Whaling National Historical Park. Okay. Um so talk to us about how your organization is supported. Obviously, I know it's supported at the federal level, but what about locally? Um, you know, people visiting the park, I would imagine, uh, supported through admission. But do you take donations? Do people go on the website? Like, how is your park supported fully? Well, we are funded by the federal government. Yep. Uh, we get a, um, like most na national parks, we all are part of the Department of the Interior budget. So all the parks get a a funding amount, which, you know, it's not small, but, you know, pays our staff and pays for our buildings and what have you. We are a fee-free park, so we do not have ad admissions. Okay. So, um, you know, some parks have senior passes or annual passes. We do not accept those because we're fee-free. Do you ever have people, this is just my own curiosity speaking, do you ever have somebody come into your park and say, you know what, my great-great-grandfather was a whaler or, you know, learn something new that maybe you didn't about the city of New Bedford, the whaling industry, because some local has a distant relative that was involved in it. Yes, we do get that all the time, but I can't say that we learned something new. Yeah. Uh, that they are looking to find out information about their ancestors. But one of the things I will say is we have a very close-knit community of um, people with that knowledge. So there are websites with all the crew members on it. Mystic Seaport in Connecticut actually runs one of those databases. The New Bedford Whaling Museum has those databases. So there are places for you to actually go in and type up your ancestor's name and find out what crew they were on. They're also um, in this New Bedford Free Public Library, they have some databases of whaling crews. They also have Siemens protection papers and Siemens protection papers are something that were issued by the local custom house, which was a federal, federal entity. And now people would know it more as Department of Homeland Security. That's who houses, who's housed in our New Bedford custom house. And I always say it's like having a uh, 1814 passport. 
because uh, the Siemens protection paper would have your name, where you were born, a little description about what you look like. And it was mostly because of the War of 1812. It was to know who were American citizens and right. who weren't American citizens. Right. That's really neat. Um, so in closing, is there anything we haven't touched on that we should before we wrap things up? Well, you know, I mentioned that I would like to come back in April because we will be putting together our summer events and we'll have a good idea about what we're going to be offering during the summer or even May. But we will start our walking tours in May this year and we'll have a lot of activities starting then too. Well, you can count on it. It's a date and I'm sure Laura will accommodate you. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Jan. Really appreciate the time. All right. Thank you, Scott. All right, that is Jan DeSilva, the Program Manager of the Visitor Experience and Community Engagement for the New Bedford Whaling National Historical Park, our guest here on Community Matters. My thanks to Jan. Also, thanks to my producer, Laura Minacucci, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. My name is Scott Cordishi. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be sure to join us again next week for another edition of Community Matters with your host, Scott Cordishi. If your group or organization would like to be part of the show, email us at communitymatters at weei.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.